Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Welcome to the Impact Hour. This is Rena, and I'm so glad that you're joining us today. You're in for a real treat. Today's show topic is, what does that mean? And we are going to be taking a real good look at the meaning that we ascribe to things. What do we make things mean? If you haven't been exposed to this, this is going to be really powerful for you taking more control of how you're impacting other people and even control of your own experience of life. You're going to have a better experience when you become aware of what you're making things mean. So what I've found, and I think once you start looking, you'll agree, there is an enormous amount of ambiguity when people say and do things. There's tons of room for interpretation, and we find ourselves wondering, what is a person's intentions? Why did they say that? What did that mean? And the brain does not do well with ambiguity. It's actually wired to figure things out. So when we find something to be ambiguous, somebody said or did something and we don't understand why, we create a meaning to fill in the blank. We often do that in terms of a person's intentions. Why did they say that? Why did they do that? What were they meaning? What we want to make sense of it. We need to make sense of our world. And so that's what our brain does, literally just filling in the blanks, making sense of the world around us. It makes sense that our brain needs to do that, and sometimes it fills in some meanings that aren't accurate. Sometimes it's filling in meanings that aren't helpful to us and aren't helpful to other people. So let me explain a little bit about what happens. So something happens outside of you. It's a stimulus, right? Something happens, and you become aware of it because it passes through a filter in your own mind, and then you attribute to it a meaning. You need to make sense of it, make it mean something. From there, you have a response, okay? So it goes stimulus, passes through the filter, you assign a meaning, and then you have a response. Here's the tricky part, is that the meaning that we ascribe, we don't do that consciously. Our mind does that for us, as part of its making sense of the world so we can just move through the world and and cope and manage and survive, right? So we're not aware of these meanings that our mind is creating. We become aware of it when we have a response. So, for example, our thoughts may be in response. Our feelings are certainly a response. So we're moving through the world on a regular basis, having information coming in, It goes through a filter, we ascribe it meaning, and then we have a response. That filter is kind of a trip because the filter is actually our beliefs, our worldviews, and those determine our expectations. So it kind of goes through this filter automatically. Our brain is filtering it by the way it understands the world to work. That's the way it makes sense of things. And the way that looks is we attribute a meaning to something. For example, somebody does something, that's the stimulus, and we have an assessment of it. That's when we become aware of it. Well, wow, that person's just rude. 
or wow, she did that because she doesn't care about me. Those are the kinds of meanings that are really great to be aware of, and I'm excited to shine a light on it for you today because as you become aware of these meanings that you're ascribing, you will be able to change them and create new meanings that are more beneficial for you and more beneficial to other people. I thought it'd be fun to explore some some examples of what this looks like. I think pets provide an awesome opportunity to fill in the blank as to why they do what they do, right? So get some behaviors that are ambiguous. For example, my cat Spiff. By all outer appearances, it looks like that cat is trying to kill me. That's because consistently, regularly, when I'm walking down the stairs, he stops right in front of me. Now, you got to realize that'd be dangerous for anybody, but he's doing it to somebody who's legally blind. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good if I see him and stop. So actually, I find if I walk faster, he's less likely to stop. Now, when I look at it, I know my cat loves me because I give him treats <laughs> and I give him love. I'm sure he's not really trying to kill me. It only looks like that, right? So that's just kind of a silly example. Another example, since I actually can, once I've become aware of the meaning that I made up for it, I can make up a new meaning that suits me better. And I like to think that Spiff just likes to be really close to me. That's why he stops on the stairs when I'm walking down. This is a really fun story. Okay, going to move into the realm of human behavior. So I have a pillow pet named Cosmos. It's a pillow pet cat. It looks like a pillow, except it has a kitty head and a tail and some paws, and you can kind of wrap this little Velcro strap, and then it looks like a pet, or you can make it flat. It's a pillow. That's a pillow pet, right? I've had my pillow pet, Cosmos, for years. I sleep with him every night. He travels with me, and it's kind of like a body pillow. I wrap my arm around it. It's more comfortable for sleeping. Well, I hadn't had Cosmos for long when one morning I woke up, looked all over the bed, looked on the floor on my side of the bed, because once in a while I, I knock him off, and he wasn't anywhere to be found. So I got up, went on the other side of the bed, and on John's side of the bed, on the floor, I found Cosmos. So my mind just had a field day with creating meaning around that. Okay, so I told John, and my voice was dripping with accusation. I couldn't find Cosmos. I looked, and you know where I found him? I found him on the bed, on the floor, on your side of the bed. Like, I was totally accusing him of, like, throwing him on the bed. Like, he just got mad, tired of it, threw it off, which isn't the way we roll. It was really kind of funny that my mind jumped to that conclusion. But John handled it really well. Super cool. He just looks at me and says, wow, he sure does get rambunctious during the night. (laughs) And I had to laugh because it was at that point I realized, that I had jumped to conclusions around my husband's behavior, around his intention and, and what happened. So something happened, I made it mean something, and I was wrong. <laughs> and I think that we're going to find that a lot of times that we're wrong. We're jumping to conclusions and making things mean things that they don't mean. I have to say that having a spouse provides many opportunities for ascribing an incorrect meaning. For example, you know, I've been doing the show a couple times by myself uh, the last two times, and so I asked John today if he had listened to the show, and he told me that he had not. I says, you know, it's very interesting because thinking about, you know, the show topic today, what we make things mean, I found myself thinking that maybe he was 
not even listening to the show because he didn't really care and he was just loading me up with work and he didn't care about my workload and and I found myself a true and it, and it was affecting how I was feeling right because our thoughts create our feelings so I decided to check in with him actually I walked myself through the exercise first I decided that he was probably not listening to the show because he trusted me that I would provide quality content for you folks out there and it wasn't something he needed to work to worry about because we've been really busy and just starting to wind down for a little bit now, and he kind of needed that break. And I checked in with him, and, and he agreed it was more of that second one, that he trusts me to provide valuable content. So I'm hoping that that's a useful example for you to start looking at your own life and what's the meaning that you're creating for things and looking at ways that you can start to create new meanings that are helpful to you. And we'll dive into that when we get back from break. We're going to see how useful we can make this for you in your life so that you can have more and more of a positive impact on other people. You're listening to the Impact Hour with John and Rena. Stay tuned for more. You can make a difference. Join John and Rena, the hosts of the Impact Hour, Money 1055's newest show for a live event in Roseville. It's your chance to decide what your life will be all about. Go to simplygreatlives.com and register for your spot at the next seminar in Roseville, November 4th. Enter code MONEY1055 and get $25 off. As seen on Good Day Sacramento, John and Rena are making an impact. It's your turn. Go to simplygreatlives.com. Start your journey today. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. I'm really excited that you've joined us today. I love this topic about creating meaning on and what's going on in life around us. And here's the thing, okay? We move through life. Lots of stuff is going on. And what we need to do, we need to make sense of it right? So our brain jumps in automatically, creates meaning for us. And that's how we make sense of the world. However, sometimes our brain jumps to the wrong conclusions and we misinterpret what people are saying and what they're doing. We're misunderstanding their intentions or what they really meant. If you've ever had a problem around communication, you can relate to this, right? Here's a really, really cool thing. We have the ability, once we are aware that we've ascribed a meaning to something, we can go back and choose into a new meaning. And this is powerful for taking control of how we're seeing our life, how we're seeing other people. And because that's going to affect how we're feeling and how we're thinking, that's going to affect how other people experience us. And we'll be diving more into that. I'm going to give a quick example while I was learning about this idea for the first time. I, I learned about it at a personal development seminar. Since then, my, I find that my now it's like everywhere, right? My coach uses it in coaching. She'll ask, you know, when something happened, well, what did you make that mean? I also learned about it. I was studying neuro-linguistic programming last summer, NLP, and uh, Tony Robbins is really popular, really famous. He uses NLP, and it, it really, all these different sources are talking about the same thing. Something happens outside of us, and we attribute a meaning to it, and we can go back and attribute a new meaning. 
So as I was learning this for the first time, we were going to Costco and about to pull into a parking space, except that the person to our right had their driver door open, and they were sitting there, and we were waiting, and we didn't know what they were doing, but my mind started filling in meaning. What was that driver doing? Well, they were in a jerk and they didn't care, and they were oblivious. And next thing you know, I'm, like, making assessments about their character, maybe their mother, (laughs) how their mother raised them, right? And I realized that that interpretation, that meaning wasn't helpful. It wasn't helpful to me. It wasn't helpful to the other person. So I decided maybe that they got a text that was kind of an emergency that they needed to deal with, so they just weren't aware of somebody waiting to pull in. Okay, it's kind of giving the benefit of the doubt Because more often than not, really most of the time, we won't know why somebody said or did what they did. So we might as well make it something, mean something that's beneficial to us and beneficial to them. So that's picking a new meaning. I encourage you to play with that. Check it out. It's kind of fun because we went through the exercise of picking a variety of meanings. You know, maybe maybe she dropped a uh, contact lens and was looking for that. Maybe got this emergency going on. Or maybe uh, somebody in the car was having a medical problem. Got no idea. Most of the time we'll never even know. So we might as well pick something that's helpful for us. For example... Yeah, that's a good example. You know what? I would love it if you would call in as you're kind of playing with this idea for the first time. And you can share something that's going on and what you've been making it mean. And I would be delighted to explore with you options for other things that you could make it mean. Okay, so you can share what's going on and we can explore what other meanings you might want to choose into. And you can call into the studio at 866-576-576. 1055. That's 866-576-1055. And that would be really fun to have you call in. Here, I think that driving is one of the most fantastic, simple, easy to understand examples for this idea of ascribing meaning to people's behavior, right? Why did that person cut me off? Because they're, you know, fill in the blank. I find it really fascinating because I'm always a passenger. I don't see well enough to drive, and so I've ridden with a lot of different people. And I find that very consistently people believe that the other drivers did something on purpose. So they cut them off on purpose. They did this crazy move on purpose. Yet when I'm driving with that person for their own self, they see that they just made a mistake. You know, oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. So the person in the other car is assuming that this person's a jerk and and this person's figuring, hey, you know, I just made a simple mistake. So I don't know, maybe the world would be a better place if all the drivers could cut each other a little bit of slack and not assume that people are doing stuff on purpose to be mean or they're stupid or they're an idiot because that's not helpful, right? How is that going to benefit anybody? Now, since I don't drive, the thing that I can really relate to is grocery shopping. <laughs> it's like I, I could, I'd like to get a bumper sticker. You know, I don't know where I'd put it, like on my card, on my butt. It would, just, it would just say, shut up. No, hang up and shop. Just hang up and shop because people not paying attention while they're pushing their carts through. I can't even imagine what it'd be like to be a driver and how easy it would be to be unkind in, in how we're interpreting other people's behaviors. 
I know it must be tough because I just struggle with it in the grocery store, (laughs) which is interesting because I'm actually profoundly judgmental and harsh to myself. If ever, like, I leave my cart in the middle of the aisle and, and go and do something and realize it's affecting other people. So very, very interesting observation. I alluded to this just a little bit earlier, but I want to shine a light on the fact that our feelings come from our thoughts. Okay, it feels like it's alive on its own, like it's its own entity. These emotions, they just happen. They don't just happen. Emotions always come as a result of a thought. The wonderfully powerful thing about that is becoming aware of our thoughts and changing those thoughts can change our feelings. So you can imagine, for example, a parent who loses their temper with their child. The child's experience is totally colored by that, right? That's, that's a tough experience getting yelled at by a parent. But the parent is probably yelling about something because of an interpretation or a meaning that they created. So the more that we take control of what we're making things mean, we'll have more our feelings will stay more in check because they won't be get we won't be getting bent out of shape about things that that may not even be real because we're making things mean things that they really don't things that weren't intended. So if that's something that's of interest to you, there's a book I'd like to recommend called Emotional Intelligence 2.0. I think it comes with a test that you can take that kind of indicates what areas that you can grow in to grow your emotional intelligence. And one of those is simply becoming aware of your feelings. And then another level is being able to control those feelings. And as a social worker, I was trained in cognitive behavioral therapy. And taking control of our thoughts is absolutely powerful in changing our feelings. So if you're feeling something that you're not really liking, check it out. What are you making things mean? Somebody said something and it hurt your feelings, it's worth taking a look at. It's about getting curious. Huh, check that out. I wonder why I got so sad about that. I was wondering, I'm wondering why I was so hurt by that. Oh, that's because I made it mean that he doesn't love me. That's why he didn't do that. Okay, it's really powerful. I'm excited for you guys. If this is new to you, this can be really, really game-changing for you. And if you've already been exposed to it, it's a great refresher because I think it's a regular practice to create, to become aware of what meaning we're ascribing to things and to check out that meaning and see about ascribing a new meaning to it. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking about really the impact that we're having on other people based on the meaning that we're having. It totally affects our relationships with people. Our kids, our spouses, our coworkers, what we're assuming about what they're doing and filling in that blank will totally affect how we're feeling, and that's going to affect our behaviors from there. So becoming aware of that is really powerful for really changing how you're moving through the world and how other people are experiencing you. Now, some of the meanings that we ascribe can really hold us back from having a positive impact because, you know, that's what we're all about on this show. We want you to get clear on a difference that you're really passionate about and get really great at creating that change in people's lives. Well, the meanings that you're creating will definitely have an impact 
on, on your ability to have a positive impact on other people. For example, if you're in sales, you might be able to relate to um, maybe somebody, you know, potential clients aren't calling you back. And you call and leave messages. You call, you don't leave a message. You send an email. You know, you call again and leave a message. And they don't call you back. That is, it's a, it's a great opportunity to read something into it that may or may not be there, to create a meaning around that. I know because I, I struggle with this. Uh, for example, met a lady at a, at a networking event. And she was very, very excited about what John and I do in Simply Great Lives. She's like, oh, that's just perfect for where I'm at. And my husband, he's been, you know, he's transitioned out of, you know, a a corporate regular kind of job and and just would love to get clear on how we want to make a difference. Absolutely. So she was so excited. I called her and I called her and I left a message and I texted and I called. (laughs) And it was at least like the fourth or fifth time I finally got a hold of her. And it would have been easy to drop, to just drop it. And it was fascinating because when I did get a hold of her, she shared that her mother-in-law had just passed away. And then all of a sudden it made a whole lot of sense why she hadn't been getting back to me. And it's really easy for people in sales to fail to follow up because of the meaning that they create around that. Another example is, you know, and you might not even be in sales, but say, for example, you've gotten clear um, on the difference you want to make, and you're going to do that through mentoring in your workplace. So you have a conversation with somebody, and they've expressed interest, and now you're trying to set up a meeting, you know, a time to have a conversation, and they're not getting back to you. And what are you making that mean? Because it's really, really easy to jump to, oh, they changed their mind. They're really not interested. They were just being polite, right? There's so many meanings that we can ascribe to it, but we don't know why. Sometimes people get scared. A lot of times they just get distracted. And I don't know, maybe you can relate to that too. I know I can. You know, people call and, and I want to get back to them and, and I'm busy and, and I don't. And so sometimes we just have to keep following through, keep following up because we care and to not let ourselves create a meaning that we don't know is true and that holds us back from having a positive impact. You know, I I know a lady who has my best interest at heart and I know she really cares about me and shared with me this idea that I shouldn't call people more than twice. She outright said this to me. You shouldn't call people more than twice because if they don't call you back after two times, that means they don't want you to talk, they don't want to talk to you, and they don't want you to keep calling. And I had to really stop and assess that and decide, is that true for me? Is that what I want to create as the meaning around somebody not returning my calls? And so I've just had multiple examples that just fly in the face of that. People say, thank you so much for following up with me. I've been so busy. I've really been wanting to get back to you. So I want to encourage you to be cautious when you're making your positive impact. What are you making things mean, other people's behaviors, and choose something that's going to help you move forward on that. So 
I want you to stay tuned. We're about to head into a break, and we're going to talk about more ways of how you can create meanings that are beneficial to you and the people around you for having more positive impact in the world. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. Hybrid Brokers Realty has everything you want in a brokerage without the high costs. They even handle all of your marketing so you can focus on what you do best. The Hybrid Brokers Realty model is designed to help support the growth of their agents and their community as well. Hybrid offers revenue sharing and partnership opportunities to their agents while donating a percentage of all income to local charities. It's time to join with a true local brand. Hybrid Brokers Realty, 916-696-6006. Take advantage of the opportunities waiting for you at wearehbr.com. BRE license number 01. This is Roger Michelski from Eagle Financial Publications. Are you a dividend investor? If so, let me tell you about a website that has just about every resource that a dividend investor could ask for. It's called DividendInvestor.com. We just launched a new and improved version of it, and there's nothing else like it. When you log on to DividendInvestor.com, you'll find screening tools plus an all-star ranking system to help you find the best dividend opportunities. There's a scorecard to track the dividends in your very own portfolio, plus time-sensitive updates so you'll be the first to know when dividends go up or go down, and so many other features. Be my guest. Log on for free today at DividendInvestor.com. Set up a portfolio and see how easy it is to work the dividend calculator. And be sure to take the website tour to discover all the other great benefits. I'm convinced DividendInvestor.com will pay dividends to your bottom line. Go to DividendInvestor.com now. DividendInvestor.com. Here's what's going on. It's the Money 105.5 Community Calendar. Lake Hills Church Women's Ministry will host The You God Sees with Pastor Tammy Long Saturday, October 15th at Hampton Inn in Folsom. It's $15 per person and you can get more information or register at lakehillschurch.org. Join the American Cancer Society's Strides Shines at Night on Saturday, October 15th at 7 p.m. to remember those who've battled breast cancer by lighting luminaria bags and displaying them on the steps of the Capitol and making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk on Sunday, October 16th at the West Steps of the State Capitol to unite as a community to honor breast cancer survivors. For details on both events, go to makingstrideswalk.org. And protect your health and the ones you love. Download the free Sacramento Region Air Quality app today. If you have sore joints, discover a breakthrough in joint health. Cosamin ASU. A unique patented formula, Cosamin ASU goes to work fast on a cellular level inside your joints. Its active ingredients are shown to inhibit specific enzymes that break down cartilage as you age helping protect the joint cushioning cartilage important for comfortable activity. Try Cosamin ASU at Costco.com and other fine retailers. You can make a difference. Join John and Rena, the hosts of the Impact Hour, Money 1055's newest show for a live event in Roseville. It's your chance to decide what your life will be all about. Go to simplygreatlives.com and register for your spot at the next seminar in Roseville, November 4th. Enter code MONEY1055 and get $25 off. As seen on Good Day Sacramento, John and Rena are making an impact. It's your turn. Go to simplygreatlives.com. Start your journey today. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 1055. Know your impact. Make it great. 
Welcome back to the Impact Hour. I'm hoping you're getting a lot out of our time together. I love this topic, what we make things mean, because it's so powerful in how we're impacting other people. It's powerful just in our own experience of life. So I hope that you're starting to evaluate for yourself what you're making things mean. And if you're so inclined, it would be awesome to have you call into the station. You can call 866-576-1055 and share what you think this will be doing for you. You can share something that you're struggling with and what you're making it mean, and we can explore options together for what else can you make that mean, something else that's more helpful for you and for the people in your life. So the number to call into the station is 866 866- Five seven six one zero five five. You know, it's very interesting because our self-talk is powerful. The stories that we tell ourselves, which is all about the meaning, right? The stories that we tell ourselves really reflect and affect the value that we see ourselves as bringing to other people and our worth. So, for example... When we are looking at ourselves and assessing what can I do to really help other people, it'd be really easy, and some of us are going to struggle with this more than others, to go down a path where we are really undervaluing ourselves and our potential contribution, right? That's our self-talk, and we're making our potential out to be something that it's not. So I encourage you to be aware of the stories that you're telling yourself about the value that you can bring to the lives of other people and what you can really do to make a difference. Because if you're not careful, that'll be something that really holds you back. It can also be something that can really move you forward. For example, if you think about an experience that you've had that was a really tough experience, you can know that you understand that situation way better than somebody who hasn't been through it. And you can help bring value to somebody else by helping them through that circumstance. You may even get skilled at helping people to avoid it in the first place. That's something that you can bring that's a value. But you're going to have to recognize that for yourself, right? And not necessarily wait for that kind of affirmation to come from outside of you. That's what you're making your own value mean. So I'm hoping that you can see that this really has tremendously large applications. So I've just become more and more aware lately of how much our making a positive impact in the lives of other people is truly a journey. Now, last week, John and I sat down and we actually mapped out our journey to making, you know, where we're at for making a difference in people's lives. And um, it's really interesting. It started off with John's heart attack. And he really wanted to, that was like in 2005, he really wanted to make a difference, but he didn't know how, didn't know what to do. And he says he stayed stuck for four years. So this little map is just this line that's going back and forth and around and back and forth and because we didn't really end up going anywhere. Even for myself with my Mary Kay business, um, I felt like I was making a difference uh, in women's lives because the company's mission is to enrich women's lives. But I wasn't really willing to take a look at it, so I just assumed that I was changing lives. And actually when I looked at it, it was having very minimal impact. 
So after about four years, in 2009, John got laid off, and we decided to start a business. He wanted to do something to make a difference in people's lives, so we started doing financial coaching. And we <laughs> it really makes for a funny map because it shoots way off to the side, and it kind of goes around in circles and stuff like that. And we finally had a business coach help us understand, figure out we were wanting to help people do well with their money so that they could make a difference in the lives of other people. So we kind of go back more toward the center, and we're moving forward, and we started writing a book, Splash, Increase Your Life's Impact. And then he's got, like, all these swirls and going around in circles because that took us a year and a half. And um, it's interesting because I, I know John expresses he had a lot of fear around releasing the book and what would people think about that. So it was easier to just tell people we were writing a book. And we got a coach, uh, another coach in there, a couple of mentors, and um, they really helped us get focused and get into motion. And the, the milestones really started moving in, you know, our first coaching clients, first seminars, first group coaching program. And, and having help really, <laughs> really helped us move forward much more rapidly on that. So that was really fun, mapping out that journey. And I, I say all that to emphasize that it really is a journey, and it's really easy to uh, – maybe you can relate. I tend to harsh on myself a lot. I'm really kind of mean to myself and beating myself up, and I say this to become more aware of it so that I can change it. So if we're not as far along on our journey than we want to be, we can make that mean a lot of different things, right? We can make it mean, well, I'm no good at this. I'm never going to get this. You know, why haven't I figured this out already? Why aren't I further along? All those things, all those assessments are making meaning out of something. And we can choose into a meaning that's much more helpful, much kinder to recognize this is a journey and I am where I am, which is further than where I was, and I'm going somewhere really great. And what can I do to help accelerate that now? See, isn't that much kinder than the harsh judgmental? I don't know if you guys do that, but it's something, like I said, that I really struggle with. Another example is, what do you make mistakes mean in your life? I don't know about you. I've made some, some impressive ones myself. And we can make it mean that we're dumb. We can make it mean that we'll never get it right. I don't even like saying those things out loud. It's terrible, right? I don't know. Do you have that stuff going on in your mind too? Tell you what's a much better option for framing a mistake is it's a learning opportunity because that's how we learn. We learn by getting into action, making some mistakes, learning things, doing things differently, right? It's all part of the journey. Love framing it in that light because that's much more helpful. That's a meaning that can help you move forward. Here's a neat idea, okay? I want to encourage you to recognize ambiguity and to check in to clarify. So if somebody says or does something that you're not sure why they said that, what they meant, what were they intending, this is really novel, but you can actually check in with them. Now, you want to be cautious of your words because you don't want it to be accusatory. Um, you know, I'm not really sure what you meant by that, for example. I'm not really sure what you meant by that. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Questions are great. Great way to check in and help to clarify that ambiguity. That way you're not having to fill it in and create it yourself. This can be revolutionary. And 
expect to, you know, it'll be a practice, so you'll get better at it over time. But with a spouse, I think it's a phenomenal opportunity to practice because we have so many interactions, so many opportunity thing, opportunities for things to go, you know, sideways. And so that's an opportunity to check in. And, and what, did, what did you mean by that? I'm not sure what you meant. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And I think that'll, that'll help to avoid a lot of misunderstandings. This leads me to my favorite quote, one of my favorite quotes at least, and I would love to attribute it to a person, but I don't remember who it was from. I heard it on a Dave Ramsey's Entre Leadership podcast. Very simple here. The idea, most people don't over-communicate. I'm going to, I'm going to repeat that because I love it. Most people don't over-communicate. I know I don't. You know, it, it's so easy, right? You know, we're perfectly clear on what we're trying to say. So we say it and we expect other people get it, but it doesn't hurt to check in. It doesn't hurt to repeat things. It doesn't hurt to clarify things. And it's interesting. It's actually a practice to watch your own self, kind of like, you know, with a third person eye and see where are your behaviors, your activities, your actions and your, you know, what you say and what you do. Where is that leaving ambiguity for other people to fill in? Okay. And the neat thing is, is that you can kind of check that and, and clarify while it's still, you know, before they've had an opportunity to fill in the meaning for themselves. So watch your own actions and words to see where you're leaving room for interpretation. Now that can include all kinds of things. It includes your words, your intonation, your gestures, your inaction, when we don't take an action on something, it leaves tons of room for people to wonder, why didn't we do that, right? And let's not leave people guessing, but let's be aware of that. It's kind of funny, but pronouns are also a great opportunity for misunderstanding. I heard someone talking about this too. And say, for example, a, a statement like, he gave, him, he gave it to him. So who is the he that gave it? What is the it? And who is the him? So it's easy to get two people mixed up as to who gave who what. I recognize this because Siri, I use my iPhone a lot, the um, dictation feature. And Siri con consistently gets mixed up I and you and he and she. So I'll say one, and Siri fills in the other one. And I'm always having to go back through and correct, but it's a fantastic reminder of there's a lot of ambiguity for people to, to hear if we mishear something and we're trying to fill it in because we're trying to make sense of it. I try to remember this with my husband, John. We're always misunderstanding each other. Uh, one will suggest that the other should do something, and the other person's thinking they're offering to do it. It's hilarious that that happens over and over again, but that's because that's just how life is. We're moving through life, and we're trying to make sense of it, and there's a lot of room for misunderstanding. So, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my son the other day, and he caught himself. He stated something and accidentally 
raised the very the tone at the very end of the sentence, and it sounded like a question. And I'm like, was that a question? He's like, I didn't mean it to be. And then he like restated it, you know, like with the period at the end. So those are just some some ways that you can become aware of how you're creating an opportunity for other people to fill in meaning and become aware of that. I want you to stay tuned for more. We're going to talk about practices and how you can get better at having a positive impact by being aware of the meaning that you're ascribing. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. You're listening to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5. You can make a difference. Join John and Rena, the hosts of the Impact Hour, Money 1055's newest show for a live event in Roseville. It's your chance to decide what your life will be all about. Go to simplygreatlives.com and register for your spot at the next seminar in Roseville, November 4th. Enter code MONEY1055 and get $25 off. As seen on Good Day Sacramento, John and Rena are making an impact. It's your turn. Go to simplygreatlives.com. Start your journey today. Interrupting life as usual. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back to the Impact Hour where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. I'm really stoked that you're here today. We're talking about what we make things mean and how that's affecting us and affecting the people around us. This here is a powerful idea, so check it out. Whatever we're expecting, this is talking about the filter that, that we're, you know, interpreting life through, right? What we're looking for, what we're expecting, we will find evidence to support it. We will look for and find evidence to support our beliefs. Okay, this is powerful because this literally is a filter and actually filters out information that doesn't fit with what we expect to be true, so becoming aware of what we're expecting and even potentially changing that filter can be really powerful. A great example is if you happen to have teenagers, like I do. If I'm expecting my teen to be responsible, I will be looking for evidence that supports that. And I will find it. I will find times where he is being responsible. However, if I'm expecting him to be irresponsible, I can guarantee you I will find times where he's being irresponsible, and I can do that and actually completely ignore the times where he is being responsible. So it totally colors, shades our experience of other people, what our expectations are. And that's powerful. If you can imagine being a teenager where your parent is expecting you to be irresponsible, you can't win because that's all that they're going to see. So I, I love talking about the impact of a parent because it's a, it's a really big responsibility and we have a huge impact on our kids. Other examples, surely you can relate to some of these. How are you expecting your employees to be, your spouse or your partner, or your customers? These are people all around you. What are you expecting from them? You will find evidence to support that. So be aware of your expectations, maybe even work to change those expectations and give them the possibility of being and doing differently. An interesting example that I've been noticing, and this is about as political as I'm ever going to get on this show, I bet, the election, the presidential election. I find it interesting. I think that people are consistently filtering out information 
about the candidate that they're planning on voting for. So I'm not wild about the way the system is right now, that it's primarily Democrat or Republican, and it feels like the others don't have a chance. So it's kind of picking between these two folks I'm not terribly excited about. And, you know, kind of landed on one, not too excited about it. And information comes in about that person through my son. is becoming politically aware, you know, sharing all this stuff. And, and I'm managing to avoid that and focus on the negative stuff on the other candidate instead, because we hardly ever get positive information about the candidates anyways, right? It's only about how they've screwed up and and um, how terrible things are going to be anyways. That's why I, one of the reasons I really don't care to talk about politics. It's a powerful exercise and personal practice to become aware of the meaning that you're creating, okay? And the way to do that, and I've done some work with this lately, see how I can talk about it. It's really coming from a place of compassion and empathy, okay? So on a very surface level, it's giving the person the benefit of the doubt. Don't know why they said or did that, um, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. If you wanna go a little bit deeper on that, check this out. Come from a place of compassion, seeing that person as somebody who has hopes and dreams and hurts and fears, okay? They're moving through the world with all of these things, and they're doing the best that they can making their choices. And when you're seeing them from that place, a person who has hopes and dreams and hurts and fears, you can see them as somebody who may have done something without intending to hurt you. That's powerful. I want you to think about the potential there. I actually did this as an exercise where I saw, I looked at my kids and their childlike qualities as they were growing up and thought about how they've kind of changed over the years. Those qualities are still there, right? And it gets kind of covered up with some other things too, so I don't get to see those childlike qualities, you know, playfulness, curiosity, spontaneity, things of that nature. And when I choose to, I can look at an adult and see them as a child with those same qualities that have just been covered over by other things through experiences in life. And I'm not sure how much sense that makes to you, but it was a really powerful experience to me. And in as much as you can move through life having compassion and empathy for other people, trying to understand where they're coming from, what they're going through, and understanding that that's coloring, that's shaping their behavior, I think you'll be much kinder to them. You can do the same thing for yourself. It's really powerful. So you may have heard the advertisements um, that have been playing. John and I do some seminars because we love helping people to make more of a positive difference, make a difference that they're really passionate about. And we just did one on Friday night. Uh, We do them live in Roseville around about once a month, might be a little less for the holidays. And it was just delightful. We keep it really small. Okay, uh, maximum of 12 people. I don't think we've had that many people yet. But we love to get to know the folks who come. And we love to support them as they explore what it can be like for them to make a real big difference in the lives of other people. And so some of the things that we do there with people 
We're exploring their potential to make a deep, lasting, positive impact. It's really positive and upbeat, showing possibilities. We open up options for making a difference that they're really passionate about. Love that passion piece. It's got to be a great fit for who they are. And then we get to, let's see, we how to get started on their journey for making more of an impact. We show people how they can do that. It's really fun because we share a powerful tool for problem solving. And what it does is it helps people get really clear on what's the result they're wanting to create, and it opens up tons of options for them. Now, it's really fun to do that because it's just a great problem-solving tool in life. And uh, I did a demonstration uh, with a person who was there with a lady, and she was feeling stuck with something on her business. And I helped her to really get clear what was she wanting to create, what did she want to have different, and it opened up all kinds of options. And that's fun to do with people in life in general. And then we apply it to making a difference that's a great fit for you. Because once you're really clear on what you want to make different in people's lives, it opens up all kinds of options for how to create that. So it's no longer about this specific activity or that certain opportunity. It opens up lots of options. And that's really, really fun for us. We had a lot of fun with that, and people really enjoyed it. So I want to invite you to join us in Roseville Friday, November 4th from 6 to 9 p.m. And you can register at theimpacthour.com. And you can use coupon code MONEY1055 to get $25 off. So that makes it just $50 to start the journey of a lifetime to open up huge, awesome, powerful possibilities in your life. And as you can see, it's something I get really excited about. So I know you'd have a really great time there. I love our Life Impact Academy 101. So if you missed part of the show or any other show, you can listen to show recordings at theimpacthour.com as well. It's also available through your favorite podcaster. Next week, I'm excited. We'll actually have John back in the studio, and I think it's going to be like a party. Instead of it just being me, it'll be really kind of cool. And I'm having a colleague join us. Her name is Phaedra. She's known as America's Crisis Coach, and she's really making a difference in people's lives as they're going through crisis. So she's empowering people with mindsets and tools to help them navigate that. And I know that's something I learned in social work. You know, the better we're able to navigate a crisis one time, the better we are able to navigate crises in the future. And so you'll find out more about Phaedra's passion and what she's doing about that passion now, which actually has to do with the propositions that are coming up around the death penalty. So that'll be really That'll be really powerful. I'm excited to have that have that show for you next week. And I'm just so delighted to be able to spend this time with you. And I hope that it's a real blessing for you. And I want you to stay tuned. Come back and join us again next week. And we will be talking about crisis coaching, how to navigate a crisis. And we'll learn, be learning a lot from Phaedra. So thank you for joining us. And we'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to the Impact Hour.